Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. It's Friday. It's Friday's episode. It's not Friday at the moment. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday evening here in, um, I was going to say Bahrain. It's not Wednesday evening in Bahrain. It's Wednesday evening in London. Steve is here. It's Thursday morning in Sydney. Good morning, Steve. Hi, mate. How are you going? I'm well. Do you want to tell the listeners about your um, sleeping issues again, or should we start no, off on something I don't else? Think they, don't want to, they don't want to hear about that. They'll be able to tell by the grumpiness in my voice. <laughs> Steve has not slept. He's like he, he likes sleeping. <coughs> he likes sleeping a couple of hours here and there. That's 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 basically where we will leave it. What's happening, Steve? What's happening? How's the car? Tell mm. me about um, before we get into the usual thing. I want to know about your. Um, I want to go straight into it. I want to ask you about your your, your your issue from last week. Did it get fixed? No. Well, it's in the midst of it. So the issue was that um, stupid little kind of you know window thing where it doesn't drop or it drops at the wrong time and then it doesn't kind of go back up at the right time yeah. um, to kind of seal against the door rubber because um, yep. they're frameless windows. So dropped it into Auto House and as Chris uh, suspected, it requires changing the door latch, I believe. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So, like, you know, it wasn't really a surprise. I was just kind of praying like crazy that it would just be like a, the micro switch because that's what um, a lot of the forums kind of had said and that sounded like a slightly simpler type uh, fix. Right. But um, because Tuesday was Melbourne Cup Day, I didn't even know. <laughs> really, I'm, was it? I'm living in such a bubble, yeah. Tuesday was Melbourne Cup and that's when I took my car in. So, um uh getting the actual part out of um because Porsche headquarters is in Melbourne. Um getting the part, there was a sort of delay. So I actually haven't picked up my car yet. I'm hoping that they kind of fix it. They're expecting the part this morning. So what is it? Th- your car's been there for two days then? Yeah. Yep. Not their fault. For the listeners, um Melbourne Cup in Australia, everything tends to like people tend to not work that day, do they? They tend to like die off at the well, afternoon when it's on. Even though it's only Melbourne, not, not Auto House. Melbourne, Melbourne, um, uh, blah, blah, Melbourne stops. It's a public holiday, isn't it? Ah, uh, that's right. It is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm assuming if you kind of like if you ring them up on a Melbourne Cup morning and kind of go, "Hey, we need this part really quickly," because um, actually Chris pre-ordered it too. He was preempting it because I told him what the problem was. So he took the liberty of um, kind of preempting it and um there's still kind of a delay in it i don't know also with covid i think there were um australia post can't manage um all their kind of um orders and stuff so um when you kind of ship anything it does actually take longer at the moment but marco sent me a message about the the knobs right the the the, the, right. the, the knobs from um lathe lathworks yeah from lathworks yeah. i was going to say stuttgart classica then i don't know why from lathworks mm. And he said that the that the it's been delayed or something because of the fact of USP United States Postal Service USPS or something isn't delivering yeah. to Australia at the moment. What? Something like that. He sent me a message. Sorry, Marco. I know you're listening, and I probably got it wrong, but I read it quickly the other day. Something yeah. that it was delayed because now they have to use the courier because USP USPS United States Postal Service yes. is not shipping yeah. to Australia due to. COVID or whatever, there's like been delays or, or reduction in their in their services or something to Australia. Oh, right. That's I weird. think I did a search um, on it actually and I think it came up. I think it came up, so I don't know. It was about a month ago where Australia Post literally 
stopped taking like new orders or whatever, like they kind of sent a thing out and sort of said, we're not going to do new deliveries for three days because we just want to clear the backlog of orders right. kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I sort of thought that um, most of those things had caught up because I've been buying, you know, like detailing products and stuff like that and they started kind of coming relatively oh, quickly again. But, yeah. I have to say that's the one thing that's worrying me about coming back to Sydney is I'm so used to getting to things uh, so used to getting things delivered so quickly. Mm. Like we're like Amazon fiends here, I tell you. But you yeah. know, ordering things so easily and returning things so easily and you know, even in Bahrain, Bahrain was pretty easy. You know what I mean? Bahrain was oh, easy okay. too because you use Amazon US and it was quite Amazon US was okay. Other things were not so easy. It wasn't that easy actually. But I was worrying mm. about that, thinking, you know, we want to order things from from UK or from Europe, like furniture or car parts, is it still it's going to be slow, possible? Mate. It's slow, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, great. yeah, car parts are particularly slow. I mean, talk to Marco about that. But I think um, uh, in in Australia, he's a kind of bit of a call out. Like I've always found if you buy stuff from Carnul, Gert at Carnul in Belgium, yep. I have no idea how he does it, but sometimes you kind of get those parts like in a couple of days. You know, <laughs> really? that's all the way from bloody Belgium to um, that's good. Sydney. But then if you kind of order things from, say, like Pelican Parts or, you know, kind of other places like that, it can take a couple of weeks. So um, I've never ordered from Pelican Parts. Are they any good? I think – I don't know if they actually kind of stock it themselves. I have a feeling they're a front of house for, like, oh, right. you know, like a whole bunch of other people. Like I think I bought some Renline, like used one of their discount codes for like a Renline, you know, sort of Mountie type thing. And, right. Um, uh, I think the order goes straight through to Renline, not through Pelican. Oh, right. They're just getting the percentage. They're just getting the, the affiliate sort of link from the sale or something. I think, I don't know. I think maybe, maybe, I don't know. Oh, right. I've never bought from them. I mean, I was looking at Suncoast the other day because I realized I needed a yeah. new um, indoor car cover because mine is just like getting yeah. old and it's going to be so filthy and I thought oh, I may as well just buy a new one. So I was looking at, I was looking at Suncoast because you know I'm a fan of Suncoast and then I was going to... Um, you know, the one here, which, what is it called? Design 911 UK, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I was thinking, should I get it? Should I just buy it here? And then Are they comparable? The prices? Carry it with me. I think the price is about the same because the, the shipping with Suncoast is quite expensive. It's quite heavy. Yeah. It's the got shipping, more expensive. That's the downside with Suncoast for um, Australia is the shipping gets pretty hefty. But then, mind you, like... I guess Australia's the arse end of the world, so it really does like pretty much anything kind of shipped that's any size or weight um, becomes kind of dear. Yeah, no, it's a long way away, that's for sure. Does that mean your gear knobs are ready? I was looking at the seals as well. Does that mean your gear knobs are ready? I don't know, actually. I, I actually don't know. Okay. I haven't really been I'll, checking I'll with Mark. I'm not, well, so I'm not yeah. really that fussed. Like if, when they come, they come, you know. Yeah, sure. I got so many. I I don't know. I haven't really checked. He just said something about you. I don't think they've arrived. No, I don't think they have arrived. Okay. But I've got you know I've got so many things to fit as as all the listeners know who've been following it for a while. I've got all those leather parts. You know, if I fit them, if I don't fit them, I don't know. See how I feel. You're going to be making some YouTube videos of this. <sighs> I don't know when I'm going to have time to do anything, mate. I'm struggling. You know what I mean? I'm really mm. struggling because we have so many, and I, I'm not trying to be like one of these sad sacks, but. Um, so yeah. many things to do, you know what I mean? Like so many things to do, like with, with the car side of it and then that, and the house side of it and just getting things back into order after two years, you know? Yep. And then we've got a wedding to go to in the middle of nowhere because my niece is getting married and she decided to get married in, you know, like almost near Oberon. 
So, you know. Where's that? Near, oh, near Oberon in New South Wales. I think that's where I did that rally. I think that's where I did that um, rally drive thing in um, Jeff David's auto house rally car. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> yeah. she's getting well. She's getting married at a place called Edith at this farm. Um, and she was supposed yeah, to be married okay. in October and I was missing it. And then they had to, yeah. they literally had to, t- I think the situation is because of COVID, they had the booking. And I think she was yeah. a bit upset about it. I, I know the listeners going, what are we talking about now? But it, yeah. it was, this is the, the, the impact of COVID, I guess. And so her wedding got mm. cancelled. And then basically yeah. they just had to take the next date they gave them. So it's like the 7th of December on a Tuesday. So they're getting married wow, okay. on the 7th of December on a Tuesday. I got so married we, on Tuesday, didn't I? Yeah. Did you? No, you got married on a weekend. Yeah. No, I didn't. We went all tight ass style and just kind of picked like a random day. Yeah, because the majority of Are you sure? The, I thought it was a weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 we didn't get married. We we went kind of random and just sort of thought, oh fuck it. Like, you know, um most of the kind of um important relatives like Cindy's grandma and stuff like that, um, you know, didn't have kind of proper day jobs sort of thing, and right. nor do I. So it's like, oh, you know what? Let's just do it on a weekday. It's so much cheaper. <laughs> Cheap. Cheapskate. Yeah. Cheapskate. Exactly. Um, well, hopefully, anyway, hopefully the car, I mean, like I said, you know, I said to my brother, I said, if my car's ready and that, I'll be driving. But if not, I'm going to have to rent a car, which is going to be annoying. And then we're trying to work out whether we Yikes. should stay there or not. There's no accommodation there. Like, there's no accommodation. There's like this motor in an Oberon. And then we think, oh, maybe we'll go to stay in the Blue Mountains. We'll just drive an hour and stay at yep. Hydro Majestic or somewhere in the Blue Mountains. But it's still an hour, hour or so drive at, you know, probably 11 o'clock at night after a couple of glasses of wine. So I'm not sure if I'm I'm going to be up Dark for that. Well. So, um, You're going to so have to book early, though, because um, I'm assuming like um, Sydney uh, sort of regional travel has only just opened up. So I'm assuming there's going to be like a shed load of people wanting to come uh, and just go. Where? To there, though? Go well anywhere, just you know, go on day trips. So, like, I'm assuming like accommodation in um, you know, places is um, going to be really hard to kind of get a hold of because we were thinking about it for February. Well, I couldn't believe the price of the hotel at Hydro Majestic in um, whatever it's Medlow Bath or Blackheath in the Blue yeah. Mountains, yeah, was the same price we paid for the hotel in Dubai a night, yeah, and the hotel in Dubai was a six star, like, full on luxury hotel. So, and that was yep. for work, but it's literally the same price, which I think, how mm. can that be? How can that be? Um, Steve, let me just uh, let me just go through the usual. Um, welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, what happened this week? Patreon. Let me start with Patreon because we have two new members for Patreon, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, since my, um, um, because last week I was saying how we didn't have enough people, had two new members join. Uh, Patreon is where you support the podcast, patreon.com slash Um or just go to patreon.com and search Porschkuld. It'll come up straight away. There's a page for it. Um, we have two new members of Patreon. The first one is David, and I know David. Uh, David hi, and David. I chat. Dave, hi, David. David and I chat on um, Instagram. David's from Australia. I have mentioned David to you before, Steve. David had a yeah. 9-11 uh, career at T. And he's just uh, recently purchased a uh, GT3 Touring. He's got a GT3 Touring, which is very, cool. very cool. And I won't say where he lives, but he lives somewhere around Putty Way there on the Putty Road. Like he drives on that Putty Road. He knows oh, where okay. it is and everything. So he's somewhere around there. Um, so what thanks, David. Gen, what what version of GT3 has he got? GT3 Touring, 991.2. Oh, cool. Nice. Yep. So it's uh, black, I think, David. <laughs> it is black, isn't it? Yeah, it is black. It's a nice car. It's a really nice car. 
Um, mm. So hopefully we, we might get to see it one day on the, on the Putty Road. So thanks for joining, David. Also, Matthew, um, I don't know much about Matthew. Well, I hope I don't. Um, I always say this because you might have spoken to me on Instagram and I'm just you know, have a brain fade like I usually do. Matthew joined today. Um, not sure if Matthew has a 911, but Matthew, reach out to me. Let me know what you drive and I'll, I'll do a shout out next week. But Matthew's joined as oh, well. Matthew. So thank you, Matthew. And thank you, David. Cool. Um, Porsche called Owner Story, Steve, uh, came up mm-hmm. today, was it? Yesterday? To, yesterday? Here? Yeah, yesterday. No, no. Yeah, yesterday in Sydney. Yes. I don't know whether you listened to it or not, Richard. <sighs> I did. I'll tell you why I'm a little bit flustered today, and Steve knows already, is because I haven't had my, my laptop. My laptop is in for repair, and I haven't had my laptop for the last uh, since last Wednesday. And I thought it would be like my wife's laptop, which was fixed in one day because it's the same problem, and it hasn't been fixed in one day, so I'm still waiting. It's actually in the store in Regent Street, London, so it's being fixed in the store. It's not being sent away, mm. but it's apparently they're still waiting for the part. It's just like an easy fix when they get the part, but apparently they're still waiting for the part, so I'm... I'm on my wife's laptop, so I'm a little bit thrown with things today. What was I going to say, Rich? Yeah, so Rich, you listened to it? Rich, Rich had a good story. He had a good story. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think I've had, we've had no one on the owner's story, Steve, that at 16 their father bought them a Porsche. Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think that would be a very common occurrence. But it was a good, you know, I like Rich's story. Rich is a really nice guy. Hi, yeah. Rich. You know, that poster on the wall. Um, and I'll tell a funny story. Uh, Todd at Stone City Outlaw sent me an image yesterday on Instagram. And he said, is this the picture that Rich was talking about? <laughs> and he said, it was the picture. It's a 944 with this woman sprawled out on the, on the bonnet in a very compromising position. Um, right. So Todd remembered the poster and he found it. And that was the poster that Rich had on his wall as a teenager. And that's when he told his dad that, you know, I really want a 944. And he saw one drive down the street and wanted hang, one even hang more. Hang on a second. So like, <laughs> what... What, how many episodes of um, like owner interview things are you at? Owner chats are you up to? Like about 60, is it? Uh, no, something? this is um, 56. Okay. So like of those 56, I'm going to take a wild guess that maybe about mm, 41. <laughs> um, everybody sort of answered your question with, oh, yeah, it's been the poster on the wall in my bedroom. But that poster on the wall that everybody's bloody talking about is like some porn thing and the car is an incidental <laughs> thing in the background. No, the like car the is big in all, this. The car is big. The, the thing that everybody's <laughs> lusting after is the girl with no uh, with no top on sprawled across, <laughs> across uh, the bonnet. You can barely see the car. Yeah, I've never seen that. I've never seen that photo before. It was on a 944. So anyway, Rich Rich had that poster. Um, he really liked the... Uh, he liked the 944. If you, I won't give it all away. I always say this. I won't give it all away. Um, he really liked the pop-up headlights. And then 16, his dad, uh, he's walking to get the bus home from school, I think it is. And then his dad um, picks him up, takes him to the Porsche dealer and um, buys him a 944. The good side of the story is, though, the really nice, you know, this is what it's all about, is that he said his mum wasn't very keen on his dad doing that. But he actually paid his dad back. He, he worked on Wall Street. Um, he made some money from stocks when he first started working and he paid his dad back and um, yep. gave him the money back for the 944 yep. and also bought him a watch as well. So it's, it's a nice story. I really like the story. Um, but the, he crashed the 944. Uh, he had an accident, not his fault. And then he bought an E30 BMW. He had that CLK Mercedes. You'd remember those, Steve. The CLKs were very popular in yeah, uh, my mom had Sydney. One. Speaking cool. of those Mercedes Benz, do you remember, uh, mm. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a different angle here for a second. Do you remember when we used to go to the, the cafe in, in Surrey Hills in Sydney? 
Mm. And one day there was a black AMG um, black series out the front. Do you remember that? And I think at the time, I think you said, oh, like 200K or whatever they were, they were like 200,000. Do you know there's one one for sale on car sales? How much? I think it was 400 and something. Yeah. Or 500. They're they're ridiculously rare. Have a look. I think it's still there. I saw it two days ago. But those... Get it. Teach Tash to drive in um, in a CLK Black Series. The thing about those Black Series, though, is that you see them in the picture on car sales. You see them in images. Mm. They don't represent very well, do they? When you see them in real life, I remember that day when we saw that one on the street. They're so fat and they've just got such a – they've got a bit of a presence about them, haven't they? They're quite yeah, they st- They're they a do. really nice-looking car. Yeah. They're very, it's very polarizing because I remember when they came out, and Clarkson, Clarkson got one and sort of raved about it. And then, right. like, I, I remember other journalists sort of really didn't like it. It's very, I don't know, it's sort of a little bit like um, 964 RSs and stuff like that where same thing, like, you know, apparently uh, um, during that time they weren't popular. Journalists didn't give them the, the best raps because they generally sort of said that the suspension was too hard and you couldn't drive it on the street, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then, the um, whole point, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, you know, a decade later, um, they're sort of revered and they're worth, like, squillions. So, funny. Just on the owner story thing, too, you would um, uh, you would sort of mention a little bit about the um, that um, option of the gear knob that, sorry, I can't remember his name. Um, Rich. Rich, yeah. Um, sort of got, I have seen it. I have seen it before. I'm sure I'd sort of spoken to you about it before. I don't remember it. It's very weird. Mm. I don't remember it. Um, yeah, it's um, you don't see them often, but I definitely had seen it before. I think um, they can't like a version of it had come up on um, eBay or Gumtree or something in Australia like ages ago, and I sort of thought, uh, do I want that? It's like no, it doesn't fit. It doesn't suit a GT3 in terms of the style of it at all. But I had a look at the image actually, the image that mm. um, Rich sent me, and the. Parking handbrake is actually quite nice. It's that stainless steel. Full aluminium? Yeah, aluminium. the aluminium, the aluminium stainless steel, you know, um, which look pretty good. Yeah, it's just um, very shiny. Like, I know it's brushed, like it's not like sort of fully polished kind of thing, but the, it's a big slab of kind of metal. Same very expensive. Kind of gear thing. Yeah, right. So, yeah, let's go back to Rich. Uh, so, yeah. Rich had his... Uh, you know, he's had a, he had a E30 after his uh, 944. Uh, he had a CLK. Um, then he bought a 2000. And, I think it was a 2001 Boxster. He bought it. It was a year mm-hmm. old, Steve. He bought it in 2002 because mm-hmm. um, he wanted a manual. He started driving that car. He owned the Boxster for 17 years, and you know, over the 17 years, it was it was pretty reliable, which was an interesting part of the story, I thought. And he only traded it in 2019 for his um, for his uh, current car current porsche which is that 2007 997.1 carrera s cabriolet six speed in midnight mm-hmm. blue i do like the midnight blue do you like the midnight blue is that what the color your uncle has yeah 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 yeah. it was a it was a very common color um in 993s as well i believe um and always liked it back in those days so it's one of those kind of classic kind of porsche colors i think yeah not quite as classic as um you know something like guards red kind of thing but it feels like it's been a bit of a mainstay for quite some time. It always looks good. But Rich wanted that colour. You heard the story. He wanted that colour. He wanted the mm. tan interior. He sorted it out. He mm. got a manual. So it all worked out in the end. But uh, it's, it's, it's a nice car. Rich is a nice guy. Um, if you want to go and follow him, uh, he is uh, 
all the listeners can go follow him Instagram at Carrera Licious. Carrera Licious, L I C I O U S. Um, so that's owner stories number 56. What's next, Steve? <sighs> I got suspension? a look. Suspension. Yeah. Suspension. Yeah. I got a um I got a uh, I got a new hat today. I actually completely yeah. forgot. I bought it one night in Bahrain. I was lying in bed with my iPad. And I'm thinking, I was just looking through things and I thought I got an email from Luftgold, Luft, mm-hmm. and they had a hat for the Luft 7 hat and it was a green one, baseball cap. And I thought, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. So I just bought it. Then I completely forgot about it. And then I remembered about it about just when we got to London. And mm. then something had happened to the order. It hadn't even been sent. It's like been months. It's been so long. It's been such a long time since, it, since I ordered it. But it came today. Yeah, it's right. a really cool hat. I reckon if anyone wants a good hat, um, the Luft 7 cap, I don't know if there's any left in stock, um, but it's, uh, like I said, slow delivery, um, but a really cool cap. It's like green and green. So I'm happy with that. I yeah, like cool. my baseball cap. So cool. Cool. You know, when we go to recommendations, though, you know, we talk about the recommendations. We've never mentioned Carnual, have we? Um, remember we did ages ago, like um, a podcast about like just referrals, like things oh, that that's we kind right. of liked. I think I mentioned it then because that's a really good place to get um, stuff from. Yeah, and it's a good place for seatbelts, isn't it? Because he does the seatbelts yeah. that you can get sent, I think, pretty much worldwide, can't you? He does all the coloured yeah, seatbelts because yeah, yeah. that's how you first introduced me to him. You said, you know, go to him and look at the seatbelts. And then I know a lot of yeah, people have... Yeah, sets out of there. You did? For the GT3 and the 993, that's where I got my um, seatbelts from. I got a lot of stuff from Good. Um, good guy. So anyone in Australia that wants to buy the seatbelts from Carnual, there's no issue getting them into the country. There's no explosive in no, them. No, there's no. no, you just, and you just get your dealer, your specialist to change them over, right? It's pretty easy to do or you did it yourself? Yeah. No, no, I didn't do it myself. I got auto house to kind of fit it. Um, but um, yeah, there wasn't any, I don't, I guess there is an explosive in there, but I don't, there wasn't anything sort of unusual about the way that it was packaged up or anything like that. I mean, like not in the same way as an airbag, like it's quite hard to get an airbag kind of shipped, isn't it? But I don't yes. think there was any issues with uh, seatbelts. Why are you thinking about doing the seatbelt? I don't know what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about lots of things. Sorry, I cut you off before as well. You were about to mention uh, stainless sills. No, I've just been I've just been doing my usual pottering, Porsche pottering that I do on websites. You know what I mean? Because, uh. well, apart from two days ago when I had nothing really much to do, now I've got so much to do. But I was pottering and just looking at things. So I was looking yeah. at the you know the cover, the indoor car cover, which I could probably should just wash the one I have, which I usually do. But it is starting to uh. wear out. But they're great. You know the original Porsche covers, like you have. You know, fantastic yeah. cover. Then I was thinking, I couldn't remember whether I needed to replace my front mats in my car, whether they were new enough, but I think they're actually okay, my mats, because I, I remember now I bought some special cleaner and cleaned them, and I think they're okay. There was something else I was looking at. Oh, the stainless steel sills. Yeah, the sills. So I was looking mm. at the price between Design 911 and Suncoast. I can't remember now. I think they're pretty much the same, actually. It's just the, the problem with Suncoast is, is they, I think they're cheaper in Suncoast, but then the delivery, when the deliveries hit on, um, and for all the Australian yep. listeners, as you know, Steve, if you get it shipped into Australia, yep. you could get hit with tax on the way in, goods and services tax. Yeah. Um, yep. So I don't know whether it's a wise thing to do. And then I thought I could order them now um, and take them with me, but I'm really struggling at the moment for like um, luggage and I'm probably going to have to ship things. And 
I, yep. I don't know whether I should be buying more things now. You know what I mean? Like I'm sort of sort of yep. trying to be sort of a little bit more sensible with things, especially with the car. You know, I've organized the car to get fixed, as you know, and I think I mentioned it last week, but I've spoken to Pierre again briefly um, from right. Atlas, um, and he's already ordered the parts and everything, so that's already in motion. Ah, so, okay, that's, cool. so that's all going to happen. Um, and I think that's I said cool. last week I'm not going to go through my insurance. I'm going to actually pay cash for it. Yeah, right. So I've decided not to do the insurance. But I don't know if that's a wise decision or not, but I've decided to do so- it that way. Just out of interest too, like um, from from a process point of view, does he need the car to kind of actually um, I'm not sure. get I'm sure. going on the paint, like the color match and all that sort of stuff? Or I'm not sure. I'm not really. I, I don't think that's going to be a big issue. Um, no, no, no. Because not, I think I'm he, just curious. I'm not sure. I haven't actually. I haven't actually asked him. Um, I've mm. just told him that it'll be an order house um, for those dates. Yep. And then he's he's. You know, I told him I wasn't going to go through the insurance and he said, fine. And then he's put the parts in order. I'm not sure if Pierre listens to all these episodes. I know he listens to some, but um, he's, he's been really helpful. So thank you, Pierre. Yeah, cool. But I, you know, I'm cool with it. I just want to get it done. Um, so that'd be really good. Did you see, and I was going to mention something, but I'm not sure if I can mention it. But did you see um, Jensen Button's yeah. Turbo X88 that sold on collecting cars? Yeah. X Sultan um, of Brunei's car. Yeah. What color was it? Uh, that silvery blue color wasn't it? It's like a blue or silver. It sold for yeah, something. Yeah. It sold for a crazy amount of money. Was it four hundred thousand pounds or something? Like they're really. Right. I know they're super rare. They're super rare, but it sold for a lot of money. Yeah, well, everything is, but I don't really follow the um, sold prices and kind of collecting cars. Like I noticed, there's been you know that they they send they're really good with their marketing, and you often see what's kind of um, on the lot as, as such, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just with the kind of whole value thing, as you know, like I'm a bit sort of tired of the, that part of the kind of conversation. So I don't really kind of try to track exactly, you know, what they kind of sell for, but I'm assuming everything's crazy. Yeah, but that's a rarity thing though, because these are the ones, these are the top, you know, the top collector cars, aren't they? They're not just like, you know, my 997 oh. Carrera going up by 30 grand or, you know, boring stuff. It's like, these are like the, these are the super rare ones. And I know that, you know, I have I have been sent information about it. You know, the rarity of these cars, you know what I mean? And yep. how they were Sultan of Brunei or, they, or some of them went to the um, Emir of Qatar, you know, bought that X88. And, you know, these cars yep. only went to very, you know, went to royalty. They went to special people. They weren't, there wasn't a lot around. So I guess that sort of thing. And Jensen's Button, yep. Jensen Button's car was the X, you know, um, Sultan of Brunei's car. Yep. So I guess those sort of cars are interesting because they're, I don't know if they have, I don't know whether it's a better story, but they kind of have more of a story, don't they? They're more, I mean, they are very rare, Steve. Very, very rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, you know, and I know like was there's stuff that came up. Um, who's the drug lord? Was it Escobar? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> there was a 911 that kind of came up that was his and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know that there's sort of like, not. I think it's kind of overstating it to say that there's kind of like historical value to it, but um, I know that there are cars that are more rare and have a little bit of a story behind it. But mm, yeah. mm. I don't know. I can't keep up with the value thing. It's crazy. I mean, look at mm. even nine nine ones and stuff. You know, I can't. I can't keep up with it. Who knows? Nine nine one Carrera yeah. T seem to be like you know becoming like very collectible. I, I, I don't know what's going on. It's very weird. Um, it's a great car, but I noticed that one, there was one at Order House, a silver one, and it was a really good one, 911 Carrera T, silver, mm-hmm. GT silver, manual, no tinting on the windows, so it still had the lightweight glass. You know, if you get the tinting, yep. the lightweight glass is removed. No sunroof, yep. very important. No rear seats, I think. 
Um, still had that awful black shiny trim. They didn't replace. They didn't option that with leather, but you can change that over later. Yep. And it had just the seats with the not any funny colors, yellow or red. It just had the plain silver. I saw it. It literally, I got the notification or it came up and literally it was gone in two days. It was just gone like that. Yeah. And they've had a few through Order House, you know, they 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 move really oh. quickly, the Carrera Tees. And it wasn't, it wasn't low price. It was 240, I think, 240,000, which is quite yeah, a lot. I have no idea what the, um, the kind of going rate would be on something like that. But yeah, I guess it makes sense that like, um, anything that's, um, like a reasonable kind of example of any, 911, you know, like um, the 997 GT3, the white one that we were sort of chatting about has already gone. That was in Melbourne. Um, and, I, you know, sort of makes a little bit of a mockery of that kind of silver one that's over 300 kind of thing. I just sort of think that, you know, if it's a good example and it's priced right, then in this kind of current market, like, you know, if you're in the market, you need to kind of move pretty quickly sort of thing. I don't think you can sort of deliberate too long. Yeah, and that's the thing we always say, right? You have to be ready. You know, yeah. you always say to me, you have, you have to be ready. You have to have the cash in your pocket. You have to be ready. And it used to be that way two years ago. But today, it's like you have to be ready like today. If you see it today and you want it, you need to buy it today, right, Steve? Because tomorrow, yeah. the chances are it's going to be gone. But then you have no negotiation anymore. You know, you have no room for negotiation. It's just like, do you I want it you, or you don't, I don't want think- it? Yeah, I think you do have negotiation rights. Like I won't get into the detail of it, but like um, Marco, I know, for example, he didn't pay like the absolute asking price and like that, you know, speed yellow 996 turbo is a pretty rare and it was a very good example and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like you still have, you still have the ability to kind of get, you know, like to talk the talk and stuff like that. I think... I think part of it is like, yeah, like if you're in the market, you've got to be ready. You've got to have your kind of finances sorted and all of that sort of stuff. But I actually, in a strange sort of way, I think it's also like just kind of like psychologically. Like I think there's a lot of people that kind of go, yeah, yeah I really like that kind of thing. And then when you're yeah. really faced with it and you kind of come to the crunch and you kind of go, oh, my dream car is a 907 GT3. And then like things kind of pop up, you kind of do a bit of tire kicking, but like when it really comes to crunch time of whether you're going to put an offer in, um, but then you start to kind of doubt, um, you know, sort of mess around a little bit because you're not quite certain if you want to spend the money or, you know, if the missus is going to let you do it or whatever it is. Um, I think that's when you're in trouble because that's yeah. where you will literally kind of miss out if you yeah. kind of start kind of mucking around like that. Yeah. I think you just sort of need to be decisive at that point in time and just kind of go not like this is kind of what you want to do. You know that it's, you know, the correct example of the car. It's not going to be exactly what you want, but you're willing to kind of not live with, you know, the color or whatever okay. it is that you kind of wanted. And then you just kind of, then you have to kind of just be decisive and do it. Okay. Is this, you know, like uh, I'm going to jump forward a little bit because I wanted, I wanted to talk about the GT3s on car sales because I want to talk about a 996 that's on there as well. Yeah, sure. But like this, this buying frenzy, right? This, mm. this, this hypercar, hypermarket, this Porsche hypermarket, almost as you call it, right? Or classic. It's a classic hypermarket, but Porsche's caught up in it. You know, it's spurred on by, it's spurred on by COVID, right? It's spurred on by. Is it spurred on by COVID? Know, yeah. or is it spurred on by COVID? <laughs> but the thing is, though, is it spurred on by COVID, or is it just this cycle? that everything goes through an up and down cycle, right? Things are always going to, you know, at certain times, things are going to be worth more and then they're going to be worth less for a bit. They're going to be worth more. You know, they balance out, right? Um, 
maybe to I've been a degree, but it's never been this crazy, has it? But it, it hasn't, has it? You know what I mean? Unless, no, unless no. you know, like I said to you, you know, suggested titles for this podcast, and I don't know what we're going to call it. But you know, this this midlife crisis thing, this midlife crisis things with Porsche. You know, is it is it COVID related, or is are all of us having a midlife crisis at the same time? And this is what's causing oh, this yeah, classic market. Trying to work out. Yeah, right. you know what I mean. Like, is it is it is it because we're in COVID and because we're in lockdown, we're all looking back at you know, things that, you know, like Rich's poster on the wall of the naked lady. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, people with their Lamborghinis. We're not even just talking Porsche here. We're talking, but let's just say it's Porsche, right? But, you know, the, yeah. the posters on the wall or that memory as a kid seeing, you know, the, the 911 Carrera at the ski slopes with the skis on the back with the old skis and thinking, man, one day I want one of those. And then you yeah, get sure. to a point in your life and maybe you are midlife. Maybe we're, we are over 39, right? Because we're, you know, most of us are over 39. And <laughs> you know what I mean, Steve? And, yeah. and it's like, it's like, is that, is it, is it because COVID just gives you more time to think? It's not really COVID, yeah, right? It's, you have more time to think. You have more time in your hands. I don't know how no. people have so much money. I still, I'm still a little bit confused by where all this money's coming from. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, Porsche always gets a bit of the rap, you know. It always gets a bit of the rap. And I read an article earlier today, and this is what made me think about it. It said that Porsche is – there was an article in some newspaper, and I can't remember what it was called, actually, some article. And it said, Porsche is Britain's midlife, midlife car. That was the title of the article. And, and when I read that, I thought, what a stupid title for an article, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it said – you know that the average, I think that actually said the average Porsche, Porsche owner is forty, with Cayenne boxes and nine elevens belonging to the most popular model. They're the models that people buy as a midlife crisis. Now I don't know where they get their data from, but yeah, you know, like I, when I don't, I don't reckon you'd be able to cap- capture that sort of data. Like the if you're talking about new cars, Porsche would kind of have that um, data, but like they'll never be able to kind of. Uh, well, maybe with through insurance companies they could. I was going to say like capture the kind of age of um, people in the kind of used um, Porsche market, that would be much, much harder to kind of get a hold of. Yeah. But the thing I read that I thought was pretty, like, pretty true, Mm. right? It says that, Mm. that, you know, what this guy, I don't know what article this was, so I can't quote the source. But he said, you know, I've, I've found that addressing a midlife crisis with a sports car is really about the pure satisfaction of having one. I never once opened the garage door to gaze at our SUV the way I have with the Porsche, right? Even if I don't want to do, you know, re-ending sliding burnouts, at least I know I could if I wanted to. And, and if I did, I'm sort of ad-libbing here, but if I did, they'd look a lot cooler in a Porsche. Is that how people see it? Because, you know, like everyone says Porsche is a midlife crisis, red cars, you're going through a midlife crisis, you know. And, yeah, and this is always. I don't know and, if I agree with that. And at the um, moment, it's because of COVID. People are saying it's COVID, but is it COVID or is it just? I don't know. I don't know where. I don't, uh, know. I don't look. I don't think this is particularly kind of insightful sort of thing. But clearly, it's because we've all been in lockdown, um, and everybody knows that because you can't travel, you can't travel, you can't eat out, you can't pretty much kind of go shopping on a whim and just walk into the shops. So that's where some of the money has kind of come from. I was really surprised, you know, like last year I bought um, a desk um, for my wife um, and the guys are sort of saying like furniture sales have gone crazy and that wasn't like office furniture. It was because, you know, people with kind of money couldn't kind of, you know, go to Aspen sort of thing. So they were spending money yeah, on yeah. decking out their houses kind of thing, which and this all makes kind of complete rational sense. So that's where you kind of go, yeah, okay. So that's where some of the money is kind of coming from because people 
people are trapped at home. So they've kind of got, you know, money to burn. Then you're kind of spending more time online sort of, you know, looking at kind of pretty things and, you know, nice kind of luxury goods or whatever else. Um, I would kind of hazard a guess that, um, you know, like I think we all kind of have some fairly kind of horrible stories of people that we know that have been affected really badly by kind of COVID. And I reckon that's made people think about their mortality as well. Yeah. Um, so then you kind of get to that sort of notion of, hey, life's too short to be kind of messing around, you know, putting all my money in my superannuation or whatever else. I may as well kind of, you know, do some do some things with some money that I might have to, and enjoy life a little bit more because, um, you know, four months in lockdown or losing loved ones or, you know, hearing about um, loved ones losing their loved ones kind of thing makes you think twice about yeah. the kind of whole the whole life that you're kind of in and, you know, it's, it's better to kind of enjoy it while you can. Um, I reckon that all, all makes complete sense, but I don't, I don't, I I reckon this applies to everything though. I don't think like for sure Porsche as a brand and like, you know, their products and everything um, uh, you could definitely kind of go, that's sort of why there's a bit of a spike in interest and all that sort of thing. But, it's kind of all cars, you know, like anything that's got sort of any sort of sentimental value, like old MX-5s and, you know, like the early, you know, 80s and 90s Japanese cars and everything, like um, everything's kind of gone mental. So, But I think you're right, you know, I think the mortality thing mm. with COVID is the reason why cars have been going up, right? People are buying cars yeah. because of the mortality thing and I don't want to waste my money, yeah. I don't want to waste my life. This, yeah. this, And I guess it's just because I saw it, I saw this midlife crisis article and then i did a search and it's amazing how many articles are about midlife crisis with cars and all of them mention porsche you know what i mean all sure. of them mention porsche yep. um yep. and it's like we kind of know for us it's not like that right we still i mean maybe we're too deep into it and we don't notice but we're, for us it's not like that and i think the difference that i think you just pinpointed it actually COVID is about is about mortality it's about death Midlife crisis or buying a Porsche is not, you know, and if you want to make if you want to make that point that it is because of a midlife crisis it's about mm-hmm. I guess that's more about reliving your youth, reliving the past, right? Or reliving something that you remember from your childhood or something you couldn't have in your childhood that you could have now, um, which is not really a midlife yeah. crisis. It's just that we all get to a point in our life. And owner stories pinpoints this perfectly. You know what I mean? Is that yep. priorities, certain things happen, life happens. You can't have the car that you wanted. You wanted it in your 20s. You wanted it in your 30s. And in your 40s or your 50s, you can get, the Porsche, right? So it's it's not like you just decided when you turned 40 or 45 or 50, okay, I want a Porsche now. It's like, well, I kind of wanted one, but I never thought I could get one. And now I can. It's like, okay, let me let me get one. You know, but this thing that this these thing that these articles always make out, Steve, that you know, yeah. that if you if you succumb to your midlife crisis and you buy a Porsche, you know, yeah. it's it's gonna somehow change your life and you're gonna be, you know you know, have, yeah. you know, all these girls chasing after you and people like admiring yeah, yeah, yeah. you on, on the corners, which is not the case, right? And this gets yeah. me on to the other point, you know, the whole point of a Porsche and wanting a Porsche and buying a Porsche, and let's just talk about sports cars in general, but for us, it's Porsches, right? And everyone that listens to the podcast, it kind of is that thing that, that, that I just read in that article that, you know, like I've said, and you've said, you know, you go out, you see your car in your car park or your garage in your house and you look at it and it makes you feel good. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, and, and it is that fact that if that was just like a, a shitbox car, it doesn't give you that feeling. 
And also, it's it's about that feeling, and I mentioned to you just before, about driving nowhere. Do you know what I mean? Porsche is about, and it kind of is like that, right? Like when I spoke to Rich, I think it was Rich actually, you know, mm. you, your wife doesn't understand. You just want to go, for, you're just going to go for a drive. Where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going for a drive. Mm. And that's what's great. That's what's great about owning a Porsche. You know what I mean? And I don't know. You know what I'm getting at? It's like, it's not a midlife crisis. It's just like that. It's your, it's enjoyment, isn't it? Yeah. I think I was just going to say, like, I kind of feel like that mentality is not exclusive to Porsches. It's just kind of car enthusiasts, really. Yes. Yes. um, Yes. You know, like uh, your car might be a shitbox. Like, um, you know, like it might be sort of like a lowly, you know, Mark, for Golf GTI, but if you That's kind of, shoebox, you know, no, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it doesn't need to be a Porsche for you to kind of have the feelings that you're kind of referring to and stuff like that. It's relative to your own kind of circumstance or whatever else. Um, uh, and I don't know, like if you could kind of get the data, I'd wonder if it'd be, it'd be interesting to kind of go like in this whole kind of weird craze that's going on at the moment. Um, how many people who are not interested in cars have just gone out and gone, yes. oh, fuck it, like, you know, life's too short. I'm going to go and get like a sports car for the sake of getting a sports yeah. car. Or is it more the fact that, you know, somebody who's kind of been into cars but never just kind of taken the plunge because they've been sensible or, you know, whatever the term is, yeah, have then just kind of gone, oh, fuck it, like, you know, um, rather than kind of getting like a 3 Series BMW or whatever else, I'm just going to, kind of keep going past that and I'm going to go and get, you know, like a Boxster or a 911 or something like that. Um, so it's kind of like the inherent kind of car enthusiasm has always been there. But like, I think in reality, like everybody would kind of want to have a 911 or a sports car or whatever. It's just that a lot of us don't do it because it's not, you know, like it's money, like it's not economically kind of feasible to kind of go and, to go and trash like, you know, like a shitload of money on, um, on a sports car kind of thing. But, uh, because of this kind of mentality of thinking about immortality or, you know, whatever else, or just kind of trying to find enjoyment out of stuff that you, um, you overcome that kind of barrier in your brain and you just kind of go, nah, you know what, it's actually kind of worth it. And let's kind of go and do it. It's just bizarre that at the ironic part of that is that like if everybody's kind of gone and done it at the same time, then the price of entry has kind of escalated so severely. I find that bit, I've said it that many times in previous podcasts. I find that really sad kind of thing that, you know, that trying to get into a Porsche these days is so difficult. Like I, you know, I I think of myself as so lucky, like, you know, 20 something years ago kind of managed to kind of get into it, but it was nowhere near as hard. Like if I was in the same circumstance right now, um, I couldn't afford to do it. There's no way I could afford to do it. And, you know, I kind of go, I'd be that kind of classic market of like enthusiastic kind of car person that, you know, um, uh, would uh, skew some of my money towards like kind of car sort of thing. But um, that wouldn't hold in today's kind of age. Like if I didn't have one right now, I couldn't afford to kind of get into it. No chance. Yeah. No, it's much, much, much harder. I mean, it's pretty sad really, but it is much, much harder. Mm. it's become it's become sort of more like the sphere of not just the enthusiast but you have to be the enthusiast plus like relatively affluent whereas i kind of feel like you know 20 years ago you might just get away with it if you were just enthusiastic you might not necessarily have to be that affluent 
Yeah, and we want everyone to experience it, right? You want everyone because you have one. You have a nine eleven, and you and you know, and I hear the enthusiasm when I speak to people on owner stories who have bought a Boxer or bought a nine eleven in the first drive, and you know, you can you can hear it in all of our voices. You know what I mean? It's that it's yeah. that memory, Steve. Yeah. And you know, not everyone can experience that, and I guess that is life. Um, you know, and I guess we're a little bit, you know, listening to people like Spike's Car Radio and listening to their stories with the Porsches is a little bit like, you know, a different world because, you know, most of us won't be at that stage to enjoy those sort of cars. Um, I guess it's good to hear yeah, the sure. stories about it, but, you know, you know, and like you said, you know, just having a, like when you bought your 964, you know, sure it was a long time ago, but the price of, of getting into that 964 was, was reasonable. You know what I mean? Even based on the price of yeah, new well, Porsches at like the time. That. Yeah. In my circumstances, I had to kind of stretch enormously hard, but like I did it and it was feasible. Yeah. But like if I had to kind of do the same exercise now, it doesn't matter how hard I'm stretching. No. It's like, no, I can't reach it. Can't reach it. No, at, at 200,000 200, for a 964, it's like 200,000 Aussie. It's like, no, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's interesting that the question you asked me about GT3s, and we always like to talk about GT3s because Steve has his 997. Well, I do. One GT3. Yeah. No, I do as well. You know, I'm <laughs> look – I'll be honest, and, and I'm, I might have said this to you. The one I'm lusting after, and I really am lusting after it, is that one in Melbourne, um, in the in Which the one? in the crayon chalk, the color that I really yep. like, the nine nine one point two GT three manual. It has the bucket seats, which are the folding ones, not the full ones like yours. So you can, yep. you know, they've got the tilt. But I quite like that that idea, how you can get into the back and put things behind the back seat. It's 375000 Australian dollars. It still hasn't sold. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe the price. I think it's at Porsche Brighton or Porsche Melbourne. It's at a Porsche dealer. Oh, it's at a dealership. Too. Yeah, it's okay. at a yep. – I think – I think. well, oh, maybe it's not. Maybe he's taken the photos at a dealer. No, I think it's at a dealership. Oh, right. You know, I, I look at that car and I think, you know – if. I really, really like it because I really do love that color because the yeah. two colors I like out of the 991s, and I've said this before, is crayon and chalk and graphite blue, mm-hmm. which they discontinued on the point ones, which wasn't in, I don't think there's many GT3s, but there was. there's a Carrera S that I always see. And I saw it only two days ago in Mayfair here in London. It's always parked. It must be someone that works in a, owns a cafe there or something. Um, yeah. And I saw it again. And I just love that color. I just love the color. Mm. I love the graphite blue and I love the crayon. But that GT3, Steve, was be be uh, be ideal. But you asked the question to me. Just you said, do it, mate. Yeah, for 375 plus on roads. You you asked me, plus stamp duty, you asked me the question about, you know, the prices, oh. you know, and the prices of 991.1 GT3s are quite cheap and they're cheaper than 996s and 997s, obviously because of the engine issue. And most of them have that, only have that engine warranty till 2024. So it's only another three. Out, yeah another three years yeah and it's on one of the ads actually the guy says engine warranty to 2024 but like that's only three years away so what happens then you know what i mean that's and and you asked me the question would i look at that you know i i Mm. ages ago i thought it would be a good idea just to get you know there's the ef and f and g engines the g engine is the last of it the 2016 and i thought maybe that one's okay but i've read on (laughs) forums there's still issues with that engine i would probably not do it i don't think i would do it i think i'd avoid Mm -hmm. it I think I'd, you know, try to push it to a 901.2 GT3. But it's interesting what you what you pointed out, though, because there is a, a 991.2 GT3 on there for, I think, 225 or something with higher kilometers. Um, yeah, and, and there's the G- one that's – there's another one that's about – I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was about 265. Yeah. And then when you kind of compare that to like a 996 GT3 or even a 997.1 – um, they're more expensive. So yeah. like all of a sudden, like the cup, a couple of 991.1s are actually kind of cheaper than that. It's like, whoa, 
That's a lot of car for that money. Well, if you get the... It's a this, lot of car. There's a red PDK 991.2, though. Did you see the price of that? Yeah. They're like about 320 so they're quite a lot cheaper. I think there's a red guards red one on there at the moment. There's actually a lava orange one for sale as well. Mm. 901.2 mm. GT3, but it's it's PDK. Um, I'd still rather have the manual in the in the point two. Yeah. Um, did you notice also, James, our friend James at, at Porsche Platz, who's been on an owner stories, previous owner stories, James from Melbourne, RSR, the silver uh, one. RSR Classics. Yeah, he's got the silver one, the 996.1 GT3. Great photo, by the way, James. It looks really, really cool. Yep. Your imagery, it actually stands out on car sales with the, the mustardy yellow background, isn't it? Yeah, I've seen it on Instagram. He's been posting on Instagram. What's the asking price on it? I forget. Is it 270 something? I forget. I should Whoa. know. I should have written it down. Yeah, right. Wow. I think so. I mean, 996.1 looks in pretty good nick, though. It looks in good condition. Um, I'm sure it won't yeah. last very long. I think there's another one. There's a 996.2 for sale as well at the same time. There's a silver one. I think there's two, two silver 996s for yeah. sale at the moment. Um, they won't last that very long. That one's been sitting there for a while. No, they've all been sitting there for a bit. But, like, you know, and look, at the end of the day, first, first world problem, like any GT3 is going to be good. So I don't think... The answer to that kind of question is that even if you did get into a 991.1, I reckon you'd, you'd be doing the 991.1 because it's almost going to be the cheapest out of the lot yeah. like if you were kind of GT3 shopping. But if you're going to go how there. how would you kind of feel if you did it? It's like, yeah, I think you'd feel kind of pretty good because it's like, um, you know, like it, it would be an amazing car for, you know. Um, I still think like, yes, I, I don't know. Uh, for a fact and you'd have to kind of start talking to you know somebody like granted order house or whatever else to kind of see if like everything that you read on the forums is actually kind of true or not and you know like what's the likelihood of the engine kind of um falling to bits on you but yeah, yeah. um you know like at the end of the day i think you'd still be a pretty happy camper if you kind of was if you were driving around in a gt3 of any sort yeah um i'd still like that 991.2 though that I know you're not a big fan of crayon chalk, but I really, really think it looks cool. No, I like it. I like I like the colour. I just uh, suspect that it might be one of those sort of fashionable colours that in, you know, like five years' time it might kind of date a little bit. Mm. I'm sure you, you, you saw it because you sent it to me and I watched it the other night. Uh, TGE oh. on, on YouTube, TGE TV. Oh. Um, I'm sure all you guys, a lot of you guys have watched his channel. Uh, he's been doing a bit of a Porsche collection at the moment. I mean, he's for a while, actually. Yeah, he's, he's got his Carrera GT. He's got a 912. He's got a Carrera 4S, 996. He's got a – what else does he have? That's it, he's right? He's got that 80s Targa, the black 80s. Oh, the black 80s Targa. Targa. Yeah, and now he's just bought himself the Pinnacle, the one that we all would like. Um, I'm not a big fan of the of the color combo, though. I have to say I like it when they're a bit louder. But he's bought the 997.2 GT3 RS, for those of you who haven't seen it. White with Weiss or Weiss, Steve? I don't know. Ask a German person. Weiss. <laughs> Weiss gold wheels. Um, yep. And he just added and that in. Yeah, and decals. I don't know. I really do like the, the loud, crazy colors in those cars. The, the, the gray with the red wheels. You know, that one is my favorite. I've oh. said it before. Like Pierre's. Yeah, and Pierre's got the black with the red, hasn't he? Is this grey or black? Yeah. yeah. Black, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I like those sort of colours. I think, I think. I mean, you know, I wouldn't say no to TGEs, of course. I mean, it's a beautiful car and obviously he said it's really low mileage and he just put that yep. JCR exhaust on it, which sounded pretty amazing in that in that second video. Did you watch the second one yep. as well? 
Yeah, I mean, that, did, that, that must have cost a mint, that exhaust, and I'm sure it's not cheap. I remember when they first came out, those JC, like when JCR as a company kind of first came out. Where are they um, from, JCR? UK. Oh, they um, are UK. I can't remember. The guy, Johnny, someone or other, the J and the C, I think, um, he's a ex-racer kind of thing. He's been on one of the other kind of podcasts and they interviewed him. Right. Um, so he's an ex, he's a, he's a racer of some sort and then like, you know, kind of saw a kind of gap in the market, blah, 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 used his kind of motorsport contacts to start, you know, engineering exhausts. When, when the company first came out, I remember it sort of being on Renlist. Um, you know, his bag was that um, a lot of it was titanium. And I think at that point, if you really wanted a titanium exhaust, you really were in Akropovich territory. Yeah. Um, but his exhausts weren't that expensive then, but like now, bloody hell, they're, you know, like there's a, there's a massive premium on like um, kind of getting into a, a proper kind of titanium sort of thing. Um, I thought, I thought, Steve, though, that the exhaust on the 997.2 GT3 RS would be enough because it already is partly titanium, right? It was already it is part, titanium. It is titanium, right? It is titanium, so, yeah. So I'm wondering why, I mean, it, I can't because remember the before and after. I can answer that. Yeah. It, it's because um, the standard exhaust still has to um, adhere to like, you know, I think is it the Swiss that's the most archaic, the oh, most okay. conservative um, noise pollution, whatever, regulations in the world. So they kind of have to dumb the exhaust down to like whatever that is because there's only kind of one exhaust for the whole world sort of thing. Right. Um, so even though it's still made, of, made out of titanium, which is lighter and i think it i think somebody said that it actually is built by akropovich but oh, right. um but it's quieter because it still has to kind of adhere to um global standards whereas if you kind of go and get like a jcr or a klein or a dundon exhaust or whatever um you know like they're kind of ignoring kind of sound regulation sort of thing yeah yeah all right. Um, before we go, I just want to talk about the engine mounts because I had, and I just tried to, and I apologize to um, the person that I speak to on Instagram. I really am sorry this week. I'm a bit, bra my brain is fading. Um, I think it was a couple of days ago who sent me the thing saying he just got the um, RSS, RSS are they? Engine mounts? Um, RSS yep. engine RSS, mounts. Yep. Um, and said they were really good. Um, what do you think well, about um, those, Steve? Sort of car? Was it a 996 or 997? Sorry, mate. I, I can't remember. I can't find the message at the moment because I've got you know, a ton of messages through three Instagram accounts, so I can't find it. You're right. But the RSS, you know what I mean? Like you said to me, and I think what yep. you said to me, I just want you to tell the listeners what you said to me the other day when I, when we were talking about it and you sent me the message. And I thought you sent me, it, I thought so it was you sent me a, quite insightful. I thought it was quite insightful. You sent me a text saying, have you heard of this before? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it was a link to um, the RSS um, engine mounts from 997. And I think my reply was along the lines of, yes, I've heard of RSS and they're a, um, a reputable kind of company. Like I know they make lots of kind of suspension bits. Um, and so RSS and I think Wevo engine, like aftermarket engine mounts are the two that you kind of hear pop up a lot on kind of forums and people kind of, you know, rate them. Yeah. I believe that they're kind of cheaper too than like if you were going to replace um, your factory kind of mounts. Yeah. So there's another kind of plus for it. I think Wevo make two kind of different types in terms of stiffnesses and stuff like that. But I think the bit that you're probably kind of talking about was, I, th I have a feeling that engine mounts are very 
Yeah, what you said. Yeah. I just what you said was you said it's like suspension. One man's stiff is another man's feelsome and direct, right? And I yep. thought that was really, yep. you know, you forget about this stuff. And and the other thing you said, and you can explain this further, but having yep. said, your car is probably still fairly soft, so a little bit of noise and vibration isn't going to kill it, but it's all subjective. And I thought that was really important, right, to when you yep. do mods yep. in your car. Your car is yep. already hardcore. You know what I mean? My car is soft. So yep. that little bit of extra noise or whatever could be a really good thing, correct? Yeah. So like, okay. So come particularly to your car and I, I can only sort of, you know, try to gauge and second guess, you know, like you're a close mate. I think I know roughly your kind of taste in cars and stuff like that. And your, your tolerance, because there's always going to be a compromise. Like in, if you replaced it with these RSS or put Wevo engine mounts in, um, my guess is that it's not going to kind of annoy you and you will get like the benefit of um, what feels like a tighter kind of drive, a more direct kind of response when you kind of step on it and stuff like that. Right. Um, and the it will be at the expense of you probably get more vibration and like more kind of noise kind of coming through the cabin and stuff like that. Um, do I think that you would like it? Um, so it's going to be similar to like, you know, when you were talking about short shift kind of thing for your car. Um, you know, the up, the upside is that it feels kind of more direct and all that sort of stuff. The downside is that it could sort of be a little bit more vibrate through the gear knob and it could sort of feel a little bit, you know, not as, not as refined is probably the best word. Um, is that a kind of, is that a good kind of compromise and playoff for you? I reckon it is. Um, but you know, that only, <laughs> uh, obviously that's the, the answer can only be sort of, um, uh, it, that's for you to kind of decide. Um, and I guess the only way you're really going to be able to figure it out is to either do it and see or try to track somebody down that's got it and see what well, you think. See, I always base it on what you told me, how you said when you asked Grant about it and he said to stick to the stock mm. engine mounts. That's why I was just going to go stock, right? And I think in my head... I'll I, explain that. Let in my head, that. In my so, head, in my head, though, I probably still am going to go stock. I want to get onto the short shifter as well, so remind me of that when you finish this, this thought. Uh, it's just that... Um, so, like, in the 993, my engine mounts were kind of um, sagging and kind of, you know, needed replacing. Yep. I remember asking Grant at the time. So this is on my 993, and this is a, a worked 993. It had, like, coilovers and, you know, short shift kit and all of that sort of stuff. And I just sort of said to Grant, hey, you've said that it needs to kind of be replaced. What do you reckon? Should I? Um, should we kind of stick Weavos or whatever in it? And he sort of said, hmm. I don't think they're for you. I think, um, you know, if I was you, I'd sort of stick with the kind of factory ones. So I just listened to him because, again, I trusted his judgment and I sort of felt like he knew roughly where I was at, you know, like with my taste in how I wanted my car to be. Um, I think, I can't remember if the same things kind of happened with the GT3. I think maybe I'm getting it mixed up. I don't think my engine mounts have needed replacement. Well, maybe they have. Oh, I can't remember. So, uh, but if, if, it, so pretend, pretend like, um, auto house have my car at the moment, pretend they kind of ring me, you know, today and sort of say, hey, pretend they still have it. Replacing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been driven off a cliff. Um, yeah. Like if they sort of said, hey, your engine mounts need replacing, you know, blah, blah, blah. What do you want to do? I think I'd pretty much stick with standard because I don't think I need any extra. I don't think I need more directness in that car. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so that's engine. That's my engine. car's stiffer and harder than yours at the moment. And I've had a few people reach out to me. Um, a few people reach out to me. Uh, Craig in Sydney, P997.1. Craig, hi, Craig. He said he just had his mounts. He had his engine mounts replaced when he was uh, when he first got his car, I think. I think he told me, and I hope, Craig, you don't mind me saying this. I think yep. he said there are about 800 fitted in Australia for the engine mounts. What did he do? He did standard? It's just standard OEM, yeah, OEM. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. And then I had... Yep. I'm just going to mention another message before we go because we're at the end of the podcast. It's already an hour. But um, Simon, who's yep. been on uh, Simon, who's been on Owner Stories before from Adelaide, who has the Cup car and the GT3 yep. Porsche Nut Nine on Instagram, yep. give Simon a follow. Um, Simon sent me this message, and I'm sure Simon, you don't mind me reading this out. Um, and he sent me a link for the Function First um, Function First yep. solution. And he said, "Not sure if you've seen these. I've run this in my Cup yep. car, which already has an upgraded metal bushing." And also the GT3, yep. and it's amazing. The racer guys rated over numeric because it retains OEM quality, but much smoother and more precise. Quite fun, fun and simple yep. to fit. Um, like I said, Simon, I hope you don't. We're talking reading, short reading shift, this out. not engine mounts now. Yeah, we're talking short shift. We're back to fun. We're back to function yep, first. So I'm talking about another thing that everyone thinks about it. And he sent me some um, images of it. Didn't you say that you knew who was doing the function first? Was that um, your mate with the GT3, or was that um, Marco that was thinking about that? No. Marco was Marco was looking at a function first gear knob, not um, short shift kit. Um, and I've read about the the um, function first um, short shift thing. It it takes the um, the original kind of factory. Uh, what, I don't know how do you do it. It fits into it, housing, your short shift you know, kit. Like the, you're replacing you're replacing some of the rubber or plastic kind of bits yes. in your actual kind of existing bit. Whereas, like my numeric, for example. You're just ripping the whole thing out and you're replacing it with like a, you know, sort of fully metal fabricated kind of thing. Um, so I have read about that before. Like that function first thing came out after I had um, done my numeric thing. At the time I did my short shift kit, I had the choice of numeric or CAE, which is a UK kind of thing. Um, they, they were the only two options. Um, then, since then, there's been some other kind of stuff that kind of came to market. Yeah, I mean, Simon sent me that. I just wanted to mention it. It looks quite interesting, the function first. I mean, it's not that expensive and you can just, uh, re- like I said, replace those parts on your on your short shifter, your OEM short Some shifter. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's metal bushings. It comes in I a set. If you go to function first, they've got a picture of what you get, the parts you get. For, for example, if you weren't satisfied with yours, like the factory kind of short shift kit upgrade, um, I think it sounds like the function first would be like a step up from where you're at yeah i think so like it would it would make it even kind of tighter and slicker <laughs> my problem mate is i can't even remember really how it feels i have a fake memory i really I do can, need I to honestly how your car feels. honestly the numeric i you know it was only fitted just before i left sydney yeah yeah it was only oh, fitted oh. that december it was fitted that year I only, yeah, I only had it for a couple of months and then it was like I was gone. So I haven't really... And there was a point too. There was a point too I remember because you were kind of busy with work and you were trying to kind of get ready and I kept sort of saying, are you driving much? And I have a feeling that you weren't driving <laughs> as wasn't. much as you would have liked to as well. Like you were kind of yes. buried with work stuff so you didn't really get to kind of enjoy it properly. No, that that's funny and I'll just say that before we go. You said that to me. You said, mate, just get out and drive before you leave. You know, you're leaving in a week and I went, yeah, but I've got so much work to do and rushing around. And that was <laughs> that was the beginning of 2020 and then yeah. that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Not back well, since then. 
I'll so, be honest, like I'm, I'm a little bit fearful for you because like I know that your new kind of life and routine is to kind of jet between, you know, Sydney and London and Bahrain and all that sort of stuff. Still doing that though. But still it, doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just more that um, whenever you kind of say to me, hey, I'm coming back to Sydney and I'll be here for a couple of months kind of thing, um, inevitably your couple of months winds up being one month and your time here kind of gets cut short because you have to kind of jet back to kind of get back onto some sort of job. So my tip for you is to this time's longer. drive as much as you can because, which is why I kept then sort of saying to you, oh, mate, like, you know, get Pierre and Autohouse to work at the same time and this and that and everything else because just get as much time, you know, driving and enjoying the thing as, as you can just in case just in case you're not here as long as you kind of think that you'll be. Yeah. Have you figured out what you're going to do, actually? Do you know, have you got any any definite sort of plans in terms of what you want to when, what do you want to do when you're back here? What do you mean? Oh, it just drives. Like, are you are you literally going to go and pack up and drive down to Melbourne or yeah, yeah. Adelaide or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Or? I am going to do that. I got to get my right. roof box first, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw a what was it? A red Honda Accord with works wheels and a roof box <laughs> really? this morning, and um, and tire stickers as I was walking wall to my dog. I tell you. And I thought. Yeah, Michael should get like Mike, Michael should get some tire stickers to go with his roof box. What I really want to see is I want to see a roof box, a roof box on the GT3. That's what that's what I really want to see. It's not going to happen. You know, the other thing I was looking at, and I know it's a bit of a trend, but I have actually been looking at it for a while. I've been looking at you know the spotlights. <laughs> maybe I should get a Cayenne and make it Overlander, do a full Overland Cayenne. What are you going to do with that? I don't know. Where are you going to overland? <laughs> Could always go back to the Range Rover as a second car so, that, so Natasha can learn in a Range Rover. I saw a really good Range Rover yeah. uh, V8 autobiography for only 40000 Australian. Yeah, right. New one looks kind of pretty cool for, in terms of just pure aesthetics. Did I did I tell you the story in Bahrain? There's an there's a old um, Range Rover there. I think it's a 2004 model. And when we were back yeah. there, when we first got back, it's in the garage and, and all of the side of the car was completely on the wheel. The suspension or something, oh, it obviously failed. failed. Right. And, it, and I looked right. at it and I thought, that's why you don't buy a Range Rover. That'll be expensive. Yeah, for sure. They're, for they're sure. very popular. There's, um, there's a, somebody downstairs in this apartment building bought a Defender and then one, there's another one around the corner. So, like, defenders are all the rage. I have to say, and I, I don't know if PJ still listens to the podcast, but PJ, who's been on Owner Stories mm. um, in the UK, I noticed on his Instagram he just bought a defender. He just got his defender, um, and he mm. had a thing where I think he was going through water. When I was in uh, when I was in London last time, I saw one mm. just near Greenwich here. I think I might have told you it was a black one. And I have to say, the are short you talking new one, or? yeah, the new defender three door you know the two door one the three yeah. whatever that one yeah. is um in black it was all black blacked out even though i like the white wheel ones there was a completely yeah. blacked out one and i tell you what it's 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 pretty nice like for a fun it's, little a fun little you know zip around car in the city they're not super cheap of course but they're pretty nice looking it's not about zip around they're still pretty big that's exactly <laughs> what the spec of the car downstairs is like uh three door in black black wheels all that sort of stuff what do you and, think you know like I'm not an SUV person. I still maintain that I just don't really, they don't kind of get me going in any way whatsoever. Even that new KN, what's it called? The GT? Yeah. 
I don't it, even even like something like that. It's just like I I just can't kind of get excited about it. So I think you're talking to the wrong person. Yeah. But like aesthetically, like you know the Defender and the new Range Rover that they kind of just announced and mm, sent lots of mm. pictures of. It's like oh, they look kind of cool, but and they'll sell a lot. That. They'll sell a lot. Oh yeah, that's yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Hey, um, just before we go, did you have you started the um, paint correction on the Macan yet? No, I haven't. I've got to go see my uncle. He needs a hand with something on his. Um, he's got a mini GP, not the latest one, the one before that needs some some new decals, and I've got to go and trace it um, to kind of help him get some new ones made up. But um, when I go and see him, I'm going to go and borrow his bigger um, Rupert's polisher because <laughs> um, if I can work with a six or seven inch pad, then it'll be a lot easier. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, just before we go, um, mm. Bernard, Bernard, who's been on Owner Stories before, Ibita, Ibita, 911, who's mm. got his white uh, Carrera 4 GTS. Um, on his Instagram, I don't know whether you noticed it, Steve, he had... Uh, not following. Bernard's, Bernard, Bernard's a bit um, a bit lazy. He's not like you. He didn't do it himself. But he had one done. And I was going to ask you if you heard of this. He had it done by graphene coating. He had a yeah. graphene coating done. It's same. Well, it's the newest, latest thing in ceramic or coating kind of thing, like as opposed to um, ceramic SiO2, what's that, silicon oxide, dioxide, whatever. Um Graphene is like another thing and you can get titanium coatings and diamond coatings and all of these bloody kind of different technologies. But is ceramic coating better than graphene coating or they're both, both the same? Uh, that's a massive debate on YouTube where people are <laughs> kind it? of going, yeah, I think like people are kind of saying like, look, it's all similar-ish type of thing, graphene. There's a lot of scepticism about uh, graphene sort of being like a bit of a marketing kind of thing. I don't really know. I have no idea. Uh, actually, I should I should tell you too. My because um, I had to drive out to drop my car off to Order House on Tuesday morning. Yeah, and it was supposed to be a nice sunny day. I drove out, and then all of a sudden, it's like massive kind of rain shower. Nice. Um, I said that I'd kind of come back to you and let you know, but um, a the ceramic coating, like you could see all the water beating off the car as you're kind of driving along. So the actual paintwork itself, but. Um, be more to the point, the windscreen coating is good. Is That's it? my, um, yeah, like um, the water does, it's very hydrophobic so that it's same thing, it kind of beads and stuff like that. But the, um, I had a fear that um, like after kind of cleaning the hell out of the windscreen and then coating it that the um, the wipers would grab, you right. know, that horrible yeah, kind of yeah. shattering thing. Yes, mine um, do that all the time actually. Uh, but when you do the coating, it tells you to kind of coat the um, the windscreen rubbers as well, which I did, and um, it's good. Like um, if anybody's thinking of doing it, like um, okay. it's worth doing. Gion, right? Yeah, the I had the I used the Gion kit, but there's a couple of other brands that are um, supposed to be pretty good too. So it, it's funny what you just said about the graphene ceramic thing. You know, there's heaps of things on YouTube. Don't you find that like when you get something mm -hmm. in your mind, like you know, we all get thoughts in our mind and we think, okay, I want to search that. And then there's always yep. a part of me that goes, do I really want to go down that rabbit hole today? Because no, you know, yeah. when you, you know, when yeah. you start going down the rabbit hole, like we all do, right? Do you really want to go down the rabbit hole and, and find out that bit about your car or whatever? Because once you start going in, hours pass, <laughs> don't they, Steve? Days pass. Yeah. And you're still reading just, it. It's like, oh. 
it's a bit of a rant, but I just sort of find too that like once you kind of get onto a topic, you know, whether it's something serious like, you know, vaccines and COVID and treatment for COVID or, you know, is is graphene like a legitimate kind of thing, I just kind of go, there's so much information out there. Like what do you believe? Yeah. Like how, how do you know like what sort of somebody says because like in the days of social media, like what's credible and what's not? Like yeah. you've just got absolutely no idea of like, you know, whether somebody's kind of paid to say it, whether or not they're a complete numpty and they'd have no idea whether or not yeah. something was good. Like, yeah, true. no idea. True, true. Like, it's no different from us. Like, here I am sort of saying, hey, this windscreen <laughs> coating is quite good. Like, like people don't have no idea whether or not I've got any idea about what I'm talking about. So now everyone, like, but everyone's going to go a, out and buy it. Everyone's going to go out and buy it. <laughs> no, and I'm not suggesting that, but it's like this, like when you kind of think about it like that, it's like this weird extra thing. No. That word. Yeah. It's like the matrix. I just, you, you don't know what reality is anymore because you don't know who to believe. What you, what you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's so weird. By the way, Keanu Reeves giving all his crew those submariners was a really cool thing. I don't know That's if anyone cool. see that. That was yeah. a very cool thing. You know that there's yeah, an yeah, old yeah. story though where he gave he gave some of his crew Harley Davidsons after some movie as yeah. well. You know, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought the watch thing was a really really cool thing. Um, How did you get so many? Well, that is the question, is it? How do you get a watch that is not available anywhere? Um, good question. How many? Because how many did he? There was. There's a picture like there was at least what more than one person can go to a shop. Oh, you go into a Rolex store. Can I buy seven Submariners? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Sure. Like, how did he manage to buy seven? Like I know he's Keanu Reeves, but like you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a strange one, but it was a good story. It's a good story. Mm. Um, all right, Steve. It's like walk, walk into a Porsche dealership. Oh, can I have seven GT3s, please? They just laugh at you, wouldn't they? In Sydney, they laugh at you. Yeah. They laugh at me. Anyway. But I was just going to say, you know, when you, when you recommend, we're going to go, when you recommend your products like that, you should, you should say where you get it from, right? And then tell the mm-hmm. listeners that anyone in Australia that wants it to mention your name. And then the next time you buy something, you get a discount. This is what you do when you're an influencer, Steve, when you're a podcast host. I don't want to be an influencer. <laughs> I don't want to be an influencer. I don't, want, I don't want anyone to know who I am. I know that's weird sort of saying, being on this thing with you, but... the man. <laughs> The man who is known as Steve. That's all they know, Steve. Yeah. That's it. That'll do. Who drives the GT3 very that. fast <laughs> with a very loud mm. exhaust. With a very loud Not exhaust. I'll tell you what, I'm hanging to get it back. Yeah, how are you getting out oh. there? You're going to have to get a taxi. No, no, no. I get the um, I get um, Auto House's um, loan car. Oh, what's Polo. that? Boxster? It's a Polo. Oh. No, it's a Polo. Oh, nice. All right, mate, let's it's go. It's an upgrade. They used to have like this shitty... Corolla, which um, Grant used to call the Corolla Royce or something like right. that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, loan car. That's oh, good. I ain't getting on public transport, mate. I can understand that. All right, mate, let's go. Thanks. Okay, go cool. Cheers. Anything you want to say to the listeners before we go? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. That's it. That's it. That's it. I just throwing. I was just throwing in the owner stories thing there for you, Steve. Um, uh-huh. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, that's Steve coming in from Sydney. Um, Steve has the nine nine seven point one GT three, the fast one. I have the nine nine seven Carrera, the slow one. And Marco has. What does Marco have? Marco has the fastest one, doesn't he? Nine nine six turbo. Fastest. The Gen fastest. One. Um, we, Marco and I are laughing. I know you're trying to sign off, but Marco and I are <laughs> laughing because we reckon like the first drive that we kind of do, um, 
like straight after that, the first thing that you'll be doing is going out and buying something quicker. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Um, see what happens. It's all exciting. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Two more weeks, actually. Leave, leave London in two weeks, and I'm seriously not even half organized. It's, it's pretty scary, but anyway, see what happens. Two weeks, is it? Wow. Yeah, we leave in two weeks. We leave on the – we leave – well, we leave at this – we've got a stupid flight on, um, in the morning, so we have to – it's basically two weeks from today. Yeah, cool. All right, mate. Good. Really good. Talk to you soon. Talk to you next week. See ya. Thanks, mate. Bye. All right, everyone. That's about it for today. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.